it's a little bit vague, but I, I just see uh, a stirring like God is stirring a pot, but it's within us as individuals, just stirring things up. And I don't know if anybody feels stirred up this morning. If anyone's feeling stirred up, uh, and again, that's vague. I'm not sure what the stirring up is, but uh, if that's you, you just stand. Obviously, God is doing something. Um, Father, if we're you're stirring us, you're moving things that were previously still and and firmly in place, but you're moving something this morning. And Father, we can trust you. We don't know, but you do. That's what you're saying to us this morning. We don't know, but you do. And we can trust you with that. So Father, for those who feel stirred this morning, Father, we just give you permission to rearrange things in our lives, to rearrange especially thoughts and thinking patterns, perspectives and focus, that, Father, you are changing that this morning. You're stirring something that has not been stirred for a long time and that you're changing something. You're changing the way we think. You're changing the way we expect you. We're changing Everything, everything is being moved this morning. And Father, we don't hold on to anything. We give it to you. Father, I just really feel that you're asking us to give to you that which we do not understand, that which we cannot see. Father, we just give it over to you. And we trust that you are stirring things for a reason. You want to change things. You want to rearrange things. That which was does not always have to be. So, Father, you are a God of change. So, Father, we have to say yes to that because it's the only way it can happen is if we say yes to it. So, Father, we receive that this morning. You're stirring and you're changing. I just really feel strongly you're changing our very faith. You're changing the way we live it, think it, speak it, and expect it. There's a change that's going to be happening. The Lord is stirring stuff up. Uh, He's changing. He's not finished cooking what he's cooking in you. He's he's still in the cooking process. And it's almost as if the Lord is coming over into your life and just looking in and saying, it needs a little bit of this and it needs a little bit of that. And stirring, Father God. So, Father, we just say yes to that, to whoever feels a witness to that in their spirit this morning. We say, come, Lord, we allow you to stir our life. And we trust you with the part of that that we don't understand. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. The, um, thank you, Willie. Uh, 
Where do I start? <laughs> we had, um, we had, uh, we do every week, the leaders get together and we have prayer. And uh, we had a very significant prayer meeting uh, on Wednesday evening. Uh, and in it, uh, God made it very, very clear to us. And I mean, it seems like we've been saying this over and over again. But God is moving and God is doing something. But there was a, a very strong sense that something is coming, but we also have to be prepared for it. We have to be prepared. There's a preparational process that goes to what God is doing. And I got such a strong picture uh, Wednesday night. And there were a couple of pictures that went around, but the one that really has stayed with me this week was, and I was explaining it to them on Wednesday night, in Israel, uh, when I was over there and we were down in the Jordan Valley and we were looking up towards Jerusalem would have been like a half an hour that way, but you have to drive from the Jordan Valley up to Jerusalem is quite a steep go. And you're literally going uphill for about 20 minutes. And what would happen is up in the Judean hills, it would rain because it's higher. And what often happens is like a day later, you would see this great river of water coming out of nowhere. It would just come out of nowhere. And it's because the water up there would come down. And you would see in, in the hills, as you're looking up at the hills, uh, picture the Cabot Trail without trees. <laughs> it's just brown desert. Um, you would see these riverbeds, dry riverbeds. And the picture that I got on Wednesday night, uh, and not that mine was the most pronounced, there were other ones also, but it was this river coming in this very dry riverbed. And... It was clear sky. Nobody was expecting it. But this river was coming, and I just heard the words, be prepared, be prepared. And there's something that I can't get out of the picture. If you've ever seen that happen, I've seen video of where floods come, flash floods, and all of a sudden there's water just like going down the street. What's in the front of that water? Mud. Sticks, trees, junk, right? And it's pushing it out of the way. I know I talk about this so much, but I can't, like, you know, in the Old Testament, they prophesied about repentance for 40 years, so I shouldn't, I shouldn't be too slack on saying it. But when God's presence comes, what will happen is there will be a, a real kind of moving of the junk in our life. And as the Spirit moves in us and around us, if you're coming to this church, i got to prepare you because God is going to move in your lives. He is going, and he's already doing it. There's many of you who can testify about what God is doing, that there's been some changes, that all of a sudden your faith has gotten a little bit more, mm, a little bit, you're a little bit more expectant, a little bit more uh, engaged with your faith. But as God brings the Spirit in deeper and deeper ways, the first thing you will see is your junk. That's the first thing we're going to see. And we're going to see other people's junk. You know what I'm saying there? 
We're going to see the, the Spirit of God is going to clean things out. It's going to push those things that need to be moved out. And we have to be prepared to allow God to do that and not get into some very uh, stiff place of saying, I feel bad, I feel guilty, uh, I feel accused, I feel condemned, I feel judged. That's the voice of the enemy. Regardless of what happens in your life, regardless of what thing that God brings up, regardless of how the Spirit speaks about your life, it is always in love. God is doing it because he wants to clear out so something else can come in. It is the story of our walk. This is our walk. And our walk is having that stuff cleared out. And it's continual, by the way. (laughs) It's continual. Did you ever see uh, on the beach when the tide comes in and it goes out, it exposes stuff that was hidden by the sand. And each time the tide comes in, it does it again. It does it again. It does it again. And this is the way that the Spirit works in our life. He comes in, exposes, and goes out. Comes in, exposes, and goes out. So that we can give what is exposed to God. So that he can fill that place. So it's, God is saying be prepared because something, I don't want to say is coming because that makes us sound like it's 300 years off. I believe it's happening now. I believe there's trickles of it going on right now in all of our lives. There's something being woken up. There's a wonderful example of this uh, in Scripture. It's so funny how God puts it together because I, I, I don't come prepared, but every once in a while something stays with me during the week, and it's just dovetailing in so perfectly. In the Old Testament, three kings were going to war. Israel, Judah, and I think it was Aram were going, and they're going out into the desert. They're jumping off, and they're going to attack the Moabites, I believe it was. And they're all full of salt and vinegar, and off they go. And they ended up in the middle of uh, the Judean desert, didn't know where they were going. They ran out of water. Here they are going to do this great battle victory, and they end up in a place There's no water for the animals. There's no water for them. And they think basically that God has abandoned them. And the king of Israel uh, completely falls apart and says, God has delivered us here to die. That's what's really going on. And Jehoshaphat was there, who is the Judean king, who still had the anointing of God on him and said, isn't there a prophet somewhere that we can talk to? Is there a prophet somewhere, someone who can tell us what's going on? And there's a time when we need to go to other people and say, I need to know what's going on here. And you go to somebody that you trust and you go to so- and ask them. And, and, you know, like I said, you get two people in a room with you, mature Christians, and you sit down, bow your head and ask a question to God, you're going to get an answer. You will get an answer. But the Jehoshaphat said, <laughs> just stop. Let's get a prophet in here and show us what it is we're supposed to do. He knew to go back to God. And, and this is what God said to them. And he said, thus says the Lord. Now remember, they're in a desert and there's no water anywhere. Make this valley full of ditches. Now we've talked about this before. And I believe this is an ongoing prophecy 
that started in New Life Center almost 40 years ago. And we've heard it repeated a couple of times, and I feel to say it again this morning, make this valley full of ditches, which seems like a ridiculous thing. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. Are you getting the picture here? You see the metaphor for us today? You see what God is trying to bring into focus for us today? And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. <laughs> this, this, this is very easy for God to do. He will also deliver the Moabites into your hand. Also, you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land with stones. Incredible piece of scripture when you think about it. All they wanted was water. They just wanted water. God said, oh, I'll give you water, but I'm going to do something when I, after I give you the water. I want you to do something. God is going to bring the water into our life. The water is the presence of the Spirit of God, right? It is the knowledge of God. It is the Holy Spirit. Is it that, that presence? He is in the process of filling us up with that. But sometimes we have to dig ditches. We have to dig ditches of expectation. And the expectation is that God is actually going to do something. And he is going to do something. I guarantee you, in everyone, you're all sitting here, I'm standing here, we all have things we wonder about. We all have things we look in the future and go, hmm, how's that going to work out? Is that going to happen? Am I going to be able to do this? Will this be able to happen? We all have those thoughts. What, and we see nothing that tells us that they will, especially if they're good things. We rarely ever expect good things in our life. We're trained to be negative. We're trained to be cynical, self-deprecating, and without faith. That's what we're trained to be. So this is something that we always go to first. We say, no, God won't. No, it won't be good. No, it won't come around. No, I won't see this thing happen. It's a natural human behavior. But God is saying this morning, dig some ditches of expectation. Be in a place that God can fill. And that is a place of faith. That's what God fills. It's like we don't want to get lost in the metaphors. What he's saying here is dig ditches in yourself, which means create a place where I can live. And God lives in faith. He lives in that place of expectation. He said, test me. He said it there in the Old Testament, test me. Test me and see if I won't come through. In this case, he was talking about finances. He said, test me and see if I don't pour out a blessing. As long as we do what? Trust him with our finances. So it's like Les was saying last week about paying the rent. That there is something to be received when we create ditches of faith in ourselves. That is paying the rent. That is doing that work of saying, I can't see it. I can't hear it. I can't even imagine it. But I believe that, God, you are going to fill the dishes. The dishes. Now, he didn't, it wasn't just a little bit. He filled the dishes. I keep on saying dishes. <laughs> ditches. 
He filled the ditches. And God's intent is to fill every expectation he has for your life. It is his intent. It is not God's intent that you live half of what he died to give you. That is not his intent. And the only thing that changes that and causes that to happen is our unwillingness to dig the ditch of expectation. To dig that ditch, how do we dig it? Well, we come to church, that's one way. Because in church, hopefully you're being reminded of what I'm telling you right now. So hopefully, that's one way. Then that we stay in the word because it will remind you of what we're saying right now. And that we fellowship with each other because hopefully we will remind each other of what we're saying right now. This is what the body of Christ was meant to do. It was the digging of the ditches. And if we don't dig the ditches, it can be pretty ugly. Because this is what happens. In this second piece of scripture, can't believe the way God is dovetailing this together. This is what will happen. Parable of the ten bridesmaids. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Now this is a picture that Jesus is saying. It's a, it's a parable. But it's saying something very important. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. You guys who know your Bible, you know this. I'm going to read it anyway. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of our oil, some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. This is a, Jesus never cut any corners, man. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back. This is God calling back. Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Be prepared. Dig your ditches. Do that due diligence of the faith. Jesus walked for 33 years on this planet and died a gruesome, ugly, horrible death allowed man to do to him whatever. And by the way, it wasn't God that did what happened to Jesus on the cross. That wasn't God beating his son. That was us beating his son. He just allowed it. And Jesus allowed it. Don't ever think that God was punishing Jesus. He wasn't. That's not the father we serve. He just took on the sins of the world and the ramifications of the sins of the world. And he allowed the sin of the world to affect him. And then they just beat him unmercifully. But God died so that we could have something, so that we could inherit something. But we have to be prepared. There's stuff that we have to do. And we don't want to kind of, we say, well, digging a ditch is hard work. And sometimes it is. 
hard work because you bump into rocks. Did you ever start digging something and then you hit a big rock? And it stops the whole thing. And it, sometimes it can take like hours to get that stupid rock out. And you know what's funny about those rocks? They're always bigger than they look. Did you ever notice that? Oh, it's just a little rock, and then you start unbending, and then you get the shovel around it, and all of a sudden, you're, you're digging up the, your house. And, and you need sometimes people to come and help you take it out. And sometimes we're in that process when we're digging our ditch, that we bump into rocks within ourselves. We bump into hard places. We bump into things that have been very firmly entrenched, and it's all in there nice and cozy. And then all of a sudden, God comes along with his holy shovel and starts poking around, right? And because God wants to take out those rocks in our life. So you may be just in a great time where you're just digging your ditch and it's going well and we're coming and to church and things are happening and you're hearing and you're following. Some of you may be in the time where you're hitting a rock and you're having to really dig and really strain at trying to believe that you're really supposed to be doing what you're doing and going in the direction that you're going. Life can make us doubt it sometimes. But just because it's hard doesn't mean that it is not God. And just because there is suffering does not mean that God is not in it. And just because there's a setback, it doesn't mean that you won't go forward. This is the promise of the Lord to you today. We are in a battle that goes back and forth, back and forth at times. Sometimes we're pushed two or three feet back, and then you're, you go forward. And that's the way it is. Uh, the final analogy I have of this is when I went on the boat to Newfoundland, the only time I went on the boat to Newfoundland, the only time I will go on that crazy boat to Newfoundland, um, it was in the middle of the winter, and I didn't know anything about how it works. There's ice out there, apparently. And what the boat would do is... It would go up onto the ice and boom, and it would crash down. But it would make the most crazy sounds. It sounded like the boat was coming apart. And sometimes it's like that. We have to go up, go up, keep pushing, keep pushing, and then bang, you come down and you break through some ice. Sometimes there's some work to it. But God is saying, don't give up on the work. I also feel to say, you're not wasting time. Somebody's being told they're wasting time, and you're not wasting time. Sometimes you come to church, sometimes you read your Bible, sometimes you pray, and nothing feels like it's happening. Nothing feels like it's going forward. Nothing feels like it's becoming clear. Trust me, you're still going forward. That's what going up on the ice looks like. And then gradually, bang, you'll come through. I guarantee you, I'm telling you, I'm speaking to somebody today, you are not going to fail. God is not going to fail you. You are going to come through. What you are believing for, what you have been hungry for, what you have seen in visions and dreams, what your personal goals are in your heart, God says, I will give you the desires of your heart, right? Piece of scripture. Well, what does that mean? Does it mean that God will put his desires into your heart? Or does it mean that God will give you the desires you already have in your heart? I believe it's a profound combination of both. And you're able to have the autonomy in God to say, well, 
this is what I want to do with my life. You prayed about it, and you think about it, and you go, that's what I want to do. And God's saying, great, I'm with you. God bless you. Let's go do it. The, I, at the church was born on that kind of thinking. It said when they were trying to figure out how to handle this new faith in Jerusalem with all these Jews still trying to do all the Old Testament sacrifices, still trying to follow all of the old Jewish laws, they all got together, all the grand poobahs of the church at that time got together, put on their thinking caps, and tried to say, how do we do this, this freedom of Christ with the bondage of the law? How do we do this? And you know what they came up with? Well, it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. They did not say, thus saith the Lord. It seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. So what they did is they got together, they talked about it, and they kind of hummed and they hawed and they prayed and fasted and goes, well, this is what I think to do. And then they stepped out and did it. And from that simple process, they built the church of Jesus Christ, the foundation for it. It's no more profound than that. So I just want to encourage again, finally, and say, God will not fail you. He will not fail you. Just be willing to go up on the ice. Be willing to keep going to the meetings. Be willing to keep giving. Be willing to keep forgiving. Be willing to keep seeking. Be willing to do those things. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you're going to see a river. And it's going to be coming, and it's going to be thick, and it's going to be powerful, and nothing is going to stop it. Because once that river starts flowing, once it breaks through all that debris and all that junk, you've got a life, man. God has got a life going on. And so that's what I believe God's saying this morning. I really believe that's what he's saying to us. And like the word at the beginning, I know you don't know, but trust me. Dig your ditch. Dig that ditch. And God will show you also what it means for you personally about digging the ditch. Amen? Father, we just thank you for what you're doing this morning. Father, you've told us today uh, to dig our ditches and show us how to do that, Lord. And we just say, come, Holy Spirit. Come right now, Holy Spirit, and show us how we can dig our ditches, what it is you want us to do, and how it is you want us to do it. Father, we thank you that you are real, you are alive, you are powerful. And, Father, you are a miracle-working God. Whoever needs a miracle this morning, just stand up. Whoever needs a miracle this morning, stand up. Hallelujah, Lord. Father, I believe you're here by your Holy Spirit. I believe you are here, Father God. And where you are, there is freedom. Where you are, there is victory. Where you are, there is truth and healing and wholeness and light and life. And Father, right now, we just reach out our hands. We raise our hands to you. And Father, we just ask for a miracle in our life. And each of us know what that miracle is. It could be for a loved one to be saved. It could be for a thing to be healed. It could be a circumstance to be changed. It could be the revelation of truth in our life, whatever it is. 
Father, we just say, come, Holy Spirit, and we receive your miracle right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray for obstacles to be moved out of the way, things that no man can move. Father God, to be moved out of the way, things to be changed that nobody else can change in people and people's thinking. Father, there are people that are against us. There are people that are fighting against us. There are people that are thorns in our side. And Father, I pray today that you would just do a miracle and just pull them away and cause them to go in another direction, Father God. I pray for the opening of the blessings of your spirit, of your resources, of your presence on your people. I pray for the filling of the Holy Spirit, that, Lord, it will bubble up from inside of us and we will have a fresh new, renewing, awakening in you, a fullness of the Holy Spirit that we have never had before. I believe it today, Father God. I receive it today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. God is good. Is that a prolonged amen or is it you want to say something? Yeah? Yeah, that's a very compassionate thing. Uh, Thank you for saying that. It is true. God knows what we need even when we don't. Um, And, uh, I mean, I think all of us, all of us at our ages uh, may have realized that, wow, I never thought life was going to end up like this. Right? But you know what? God knew what we needed. God knew what we needed even though I wouldn't have gone that way in some cases, but God knows what creates the character that he wants to build. And uh, so we're, we're very blessed. We really are. Um, and, you know, about healing, uh, if you, uh, we pray for healing every week because we believe God heals. And uh, I don't know how many times you have to come back to the well, but you never know when the time's going to be when the, the, the miracle happens. Be persistent. Continue believing. Uh, speaking of that, I, uh, Erica, <laughs> if what she went in the hospital for didn't kill her, then what she got in the hospital is now trying to kill her. Uh, like, like projectile vomit. Um, and now she came out, I don't know what that's, Legionnaires or whatever that is, uh, whatever some Legionella. Well, anyway, whatever she's got, it's not pretty. And she's home, and now she's breaking out in this measles-like rash. <laughs> I said, she'll have to excuse me, Erica, for laughing. But um, but anyway, uh, she'll be all fixed up by the time she gets back here anyway because she's gone through every possible thing you could hap- have happen. Um, so God's doing a real makeover on her, but uh, just keep her in your prayers. And, uh, <laughs> and thank you for Erica. Um, it's time for an offering. Why do we give? Why do we give? Why? <coughs> There's no God like God? Good. It's good theology. Um, prayer tonight.